Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. If it's your first time tuning into our show, I'll tell you a little bit about me and our show, and then we'll kind of dive into our topics today. I've been doing the show for a couple of years now. Uh, I am an author and a columnist. I write a column called Snake Oil. Uh, If you're not already getting my monthly email newsletter for my Snake Oil column, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com. Get added to the monthly newsletter mailing list. It is free and your email will never be shared. And I'm a professional astrologer and also a tarot card reader, oracle reader. I work with a lot of different types of oracles. I do sessions here uh, in my home office in Phoenix with clients as well as by phone all over the world. And uh, if you want any information about any of the services that I offer or my books, all the good stuff, go to my website at uh, jimventura.com and you can kind of get some info on all of those things as well. So uh, we do a couple different themes on each show uh, when I run about three or four times a month on Thursdays. And uh, today's actually our astrology update show. So I'm going to talk about kind of the, our current astrology, give you guys some insight into what's going on with the planets and how that affects us, society, all those good things. And a little later on in the show, I will take uh, a few live calls um, at the end of the show for people who have a quick question they want to ask, have me pull an oracle card for them um, on their question or see what I can pick up. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, we'll get to that last 15, 20 minutes of the show, of our 45-minute show today. So if you're already waiting in the docket for that, you're going to have to hang for a little bit, but uh, I'll take the phone calls in order as they come in, and we'll get as many people in as we can today, a little bit, again, a little bit later on. So it is a beautiful day here in Phoenix. I hate to rub that salt into almost anyone else's wounds all across the country right now because I know we're having some horrible winters all over the place on the East Coast and the Midwest who are getting hit pretty heavy snow and all those things. But it is mid-February, so I guess it's not really particularly strange. Uh, but here in Phoenix, we are expecting, well, we're at the high today, which I think is at 81 degrees. So I had a few of my Facebook friends want to shoot me, but uh, <laughs> that was a choice I made a long time ago when I moved from New York to Phoenix. Uh, anyway, it's a beautiful day here. Uh, but let's talk about what's going on with the planets right now. So you know, one of the things that I, always, I really like to kind of explain to people when we're looking at astrology is then we give you a little basics on astrology first, kind of how it works, because, you know, sometimes I will run across people that will say, well, I don't really necessarily believe in astrology. Well, my, you know, my answer to that has always been kind of the same. Um, not necessarily believing in it isn't going to change its effect. And by the same token, not choosing to look at astrology during your lifetime doesn't mean you can't have a good life and, and be fulfilling and you don't necessarily need astrology to help you. Um, but, like many things, it's very useful when you do understand it. Uh, because again, because it just does it does kind of influence us at some levels, um, and, and, and in fact, at many levels. But here's what they always tell everyone too when it comes to astrology. You know, astrology shows our disposition, the way we tend to react to things, our personality. You know, basic setup, a blueprint for the direction our lives will tend to take. It doesn't necessarily make choices for us. We still make those decisions, and we make those choices. I'm going to use that as an explanation and 
when I talk about some of the different planetary energies at a very personal level. So, you know, the planets, the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, primary things we look at um, because that's the Earth's perspective. And, of course, the Sun and the Moon are not planets, star, the other is the satellite, respectively. But that reference to the word planet really kind of is a way of saying what those planetary energies represent for us. So each of the different uh, influences in our sky in that sense, represent attributes of us. So, you know, you know, we are more part of the universe than we know in that respect. You know, as the planets move, so does the energy and the growth in our own evolution as well continues to evolve. So that's what we look at when we look at where the planets are now. Because ultimately what we're saying is where the planets are transiting. Where, where, are, they, where are they hitting now? So how is that influencing your natal chart, um, where the planets were when you were born, and then also taking a look at the idea behind how this also influences um, elements in society itself, which is something that has more to do with kind of the outer planets, like Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, to some extent, uh, Jupiter and Saturn. Um, but yet they're also still very personal. Uh, we typically call the personal planets the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, um, because they're more, they tend to be more personal to us in terms of the way they influence our lives. So right now the sun is in Aquarius. So the sun in our chart, of course, represents uh, really, you know, where we get our life force and our vitality from. So, you know, while the sun's in Aquarius, of course, if you are an Aquarius sun sign, then this is going to hit home uh, even more strongly. Uh, because while the sun is in Aquarius, it's going to bring up a lot of issues for us at a personal level in terms of what our hopes and dreams are, um, what our ideals are in some ways in terms of how we want to live our lives in relation to society itself. Um, it, you know, it's in, an, in a, the sun is now in an air sign. So, you know, if you're an air sign natally, like a Gemini or a Libra or Aquarius, typically when the sun is in an air sign, it tends to kind of heighten that element in us as well, too. If you're a water sign or earth sign, sometimes it can feel a little bit out of balance. It tends to work pretty favorably for fire signs like uh, Leos and Sagittarius and Aries also because air kind of feeds the fire. So it will kind of get us somewhat inspired at some levels as well. But when we look at our own chart, really a lot of it is where the planet planet, uh, or the sign energy is in a house the houses of life. And that's something you got to really uh, look up on your own or have a professional astrologer do so you kind of know where those kind of influences are hitting because that gets even more personal because it's like the area of life that it's hitting. So the sun, of course, um, will again then also hit a house. And like in my case, it's, it's in my 11th house right now and my hopes and dreams, group associations, friendships, all the things that are highlighted in connection with the 11th house. Don't want to get too technical with the houses because for most of you, um, you're not really going to have access to that unless you've kind of got your own astrology chart in front of you to see where those things are at. So we'll talk a little bit more about how these things are influencing us at a more personal level. Now, the biggie, of course, is in the last week or so, Mercury went retrograde in Pisces. In fact, it's about to push its way back into um, Aquarius for the next uh, couple of weeks as well, too. So Mercury in our chart rules the way we think, the way we communicate, the way we express ourselves, the way our mind works. Um, 
when it goes retrograde, so to speak, from Earth's orbit, it appears to be going backwards. Um, uh, technically, it's not actually physically going backwards. It's just kind of more of a visual kind of thing and an energetic thing more than anything else. Yeah, typically, Mercury go retrograde about three or four times a year for about three weeks. So this Mercury retrograde started about a week ago. It goes until the end of this month, by the way. I believe it's like the last day of February that it goes direct again on March 1st. Um, so what can you see here? Uh, you know, Mercury, as it moves its way through Pisces, of course, kind of, and it, as it goes retrograde, we, we start to look back over old issues, um, rethink, reorganize. Uh, typically what's good during a Mercury retrograde is it's kind of an opportunity to go over and, and look at old issues or old themes in your life. Um, you tend to kind of want to repair, to fix, rethink. Uh, it, you know, it can kind of mess up communication uh, with others, a lot, a lot of mis, uh, misquotes and, and appointments thrown off, off kilter a little bit. Uh, it, it's so literal today, even when I started the show, um, the, the woman who, who prompts the radio show is saying the show starts in two minutes, but my clock on my computer is saying it should have already started, and then the computer's saying it's four minutes. Well, she's saying it's two minutes, so I had a laugh. I thought, boy, how literal of the communication and, and technology screw-ups that typically happen during Mercury retrograde. But, uh, so, but it's also in Pisces. So it means, like, for a lot of us, what that's going to do is it's going to bring up areas of looking at where we're selfless and giving, um, where we kind of trust and let go and let God in certain areas and kind of go with the flow of things, um, uh, the beautiful side of, of Piscean energy, a negative side, it's going to really bring up us re-looking at our boundaries, um, whether we give too much, whether we, the areas in life where we sometimes can be martyred a little bit because of a tendency to be too kind or too compassionate in a way that it sometimes can get us into trouble. So most of us are going to feel some of this effect, but with this retrograde in particular, it's pushed its way, it's pushing its way back into Aquarius which, again, can really bring up a lot of issues and, and thoughts around our friendships, our social circles, um, what, our, what our, our ideals are, the types of people we want to be around and connect with, and, uh, and, and really, again, what our hopes and dreams are, to some extent, come back to surface to be looked at again. So sometimes it's almost like we're pulling at old dreams or hopes that we had before during... Um, a Mercury retrograde this way. So, you know, typically, you know, the classic example of Mercury retrograde at best is not the best time to necessarily sign contracts or to do things that are too involved because you may have to go over it again later on. Sometimes we miss a small print um, during a Mercury retrograde. But on the positive side, good time to fix things, to kind of repair things, to go back over um, uh, over things again that we have before. Uh, because our, our inclination is kind of that way in the first place. There's something um, to, to making the best of a Mercury retrograde and also looking at the particular signs that it's in and how that's an influence as well, too. Uh, well, we got Valentine's Day, of course, coming up tomorrow, so a uh, good time to talk about Venus. Uh, Venus has been in Capricorn for the last uh, couple of months. Um, still got a little ways to go as it moves through Capricorn, you know, Venus in our chart represents how we love, express feminine energy and creativity. So, again, when you look at your natal chart, wherever Venus is, was in your chart when you were born, 
will typically be the way that you love. Like you express your feminine, your creative energy, your, you know, your, your again, your feminine side, so to speak. Um, so right now it's in Capricorn. So what that's kind of affecting with everyone is it's kind of creating kind of a, a really a duality in terms of how we work and how we necessarily get things done. Capricorn is a work sign and a willing sign to kind of take care of business and get things done in some ways. But Venus itself is kind of more of a passive, relaxed kind of a planetary energy in that sense. So to me, you know, what it can do in a positive way is create a little bit more of a flow in harmony with our work environments. Um, you know, we can get a little lazy in some respects as well, too, as Venus kind of moves its way to Capricorn. Um, uh, but, nah, I, again, I have to kind of go back and forth about whether it's necessary to get influenced us in a lazy sense. Um, but usually when it comes to love matters, um, usually it means kind of a practical, even somewhat cautious approach to how we necessarily apply that. So as kind of see Valentine's Day coming up, which other things brings up a lot of issues for people in, in all kinds of ways, uh, we will probably tend to see, um, you know, a little bit more, you know, probably what people are going to do this is rather than elaborate, kind of fancy gifts. I'm going to be thinking more in terms of practical ones um, at this point in the game as Venus pushes the bit of Capricorn as well too. Um, so rather than getting a big teddy bear from your husband, you might get a, you know, you might poster, <laughs> which might, uh, which to Capricorn would make total sense, you know what I mean? But you might not necessarily like that uh, as well. It depends on how you want to view that. Um, so the next planet we'll talk a little bit about is Mars. Mars has uh, been in Libra for the last few months. Typically, Mars will stay in a sign for about two to three months. But Mars is pretty interesting to track and to watch because Mars represents our male energy and our assertiveness and our aggressiveness. So, uh, like for me, natally, Mars is in Virgo, which makes me kind of a hard worker. Mars in Virgo will make you very meticulous about... Um, how you work, how you get things done, will bring a lot of that perfectionism to the surface. Uh, is actually in Libra and has been again for a couple of uh, months now. Um, so, but one of the things you, you can see is more aggressive planet that represents the more assertive energies within us, male energy. Uh, through Libra is you may find a little bit more fights and sparks coming up in relationships. Um, your, you know, your marriages, your intimate partnerships and relationships may take a little bit of a battle. Uh, you know, Mars and Libra can be a little bit of the, um, you know, love is a battlefield kind of a, sim uh, a symbolism. But on the healthy side, a lot of times it can really bring up um, that, that urge to kind of clear the air in areas where we may, you know, have, have anger or hurts. So it can actually be pretty productive uh, you know, you can jokingly call the time for a good makeup sex as well, too, after an argument. Um, but usually, you know, another attribute that you find with Mars to Libra is kind of a very, very strong urge toward, like, you know, really almost aggressively attempting to have harmony and balance in your life, which is an interesting dichotomy uh, to have harmony and balance, to be aggressive about it at some level. So in a very practical way, we can find our sense of justice being triggered, you know, during this particular cycle in this particular time uh, as well, too. So, again, dependent where Libra is in your chart, uh, you know, you'll get a more in-depth kind of a look when you know the house position that it places. But 
as a general rule, we are going to find us being assertive about trying to create harmony and balance in relationships, and that's sometimes coming through with a little bit of battle or upsets that can come up along the way. I've seen this a lot personally in the last couple of months. I've had a few clients and people get mad at the way that I talk or the way I set things, um, feeling very unjust about the way I communicate, which I find very, very entertaining, actually. Uh, uh, one of the Sagittarius, so of course, I've inserted my foot in my mouth 27 times a day, but that's also my gift at the same time. <laughs> People typically tend to like the way that I talk. Uh, I tend to be very honest and very blunt, uh, but generally in a relatively kind way. But I've had people who get mad at me, and I thought about that. That was very interesting to me to see that kind of correlation with Mars moving its way through Libra, people getting upset with me a little bit. Uh, on the other hand, I was also told recently by a client, uh, by a, uh, an Asian woman, from a um, young woman, 30 years old, from uh, living here for 10 years from China, that she just loves the way that I talk. So assertive, so strong. She had never encountered that before, and she really loved it. And uh, that was really complimentary to me. That was pretty awesome to hear that. So I've gotten a bit of both. So you might, might be seeing some of that. There's some ways going on in your life, so don't consider that strange. Again, it really has a lot to do also where we find Libra in our chart. All right, let's talk a little bit about the bridge planets. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Jupiter and Saturn, talk a little bit about the outer planets, and then we're going to go to the phone lines in about another 10 minutes because we've got some callers already, and um, we'll open up the phone lines for a few-minute mini-readings for some of my callers in about 10 minutes or so uh, for the last 20 minutes of the show, so I should be able to get three or four callers in a little later on uh, today. So be patient if you're waiting. Hang, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, now, the bridge planets, Jupiter and Saturn, uh, you, know, they're, you know, these are the planets that we call them bridge planets because they can represent elements of society, but also very much personal attributes of us at the same time. Um, for instance, Jupiter will stay in a sign for about a year and a half, year to year and a half. So it's somewhat personal, but again, can influence society itself in some ways too, uh, even more so than, again, the personal planets. Um, and Jupiter in a chart is kind of like big happy fat, so it's the part of us that's larger than life. The planet is colorful, it's big, uh, it's comprised of a lot of gas. So Ju Jupiter-like people tend to be very larger than life, colorful, um, optimistic, positive, um, and a little bit full of shit sometimes as well too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but in a positive kind of a way, uh, a lot of times people that have a really strong sense of humor or really great large philosophy and perspective toward things and a very, very strong sense of abundance have Jupiter strongly placed in their chart. And when I say strongly placed, it means like on your ascendant or in conjunction with your sun sign or moon sign or things of that nature or forming a, a very notable angle between planets. Typically, that's what we mean when we say Jupiter well-placed, where it's going to make us more optimistic and, and positive and, and, again, kind of larger than life and brave and ballsy sometimes as well. Uh, Jupiter as it moves from house to house, you know, can, tend to think of it this way. It tends to increase our optimism in that house, wherever it's kind of occupying, where we want to expand, we want to grow, we want to enlarge our scope. So the sign that it's in, of course, will have this effect as well, too, for everyone at some level. So Jupiter's been in Cancer uh, for the last year, almost a year, uh, still got 
probably almost, a, I'd say probably a half a year to go before it pushes its way into Leo. Um, and Jupiter and Cancer really brings up um, a, a lot of issues around uh, family and our sense of service and our homes um, and where we gain our security and connection from at some levels, our rootedness. Um, so Jupiter through Cancer and, again, retrograde. You know, Jupiter retrogrades can stir things up to not quite as dramatic as Mercury retrogrades are in terms of what you'll notice. Um, but Jupiter and Cancer, again, can kind of indicate a lot of increases in the family where your family's enlarging or you're expanding your home at some level, having the urge to um, expand the service that you give to others, the way you nurture. Um, it can also bring up, you know, issues around that in, in whether you're feeling fulfilled in those areas and whether you want more and, and how your family influences you. And I would say, you know, we've got to remember, for most of us, we have family that we're, we're born into, and then we also have family at some extent, and many of us that have jobs um, or parts of other families. In many cases, when you have a job, you've got your employees or friends that you work with on the job as well. Some of us have that experience too, socially, where you've got friends that are, you know, almost like family to you in some ways also. So, you know, it's a positive in that sense of increase and bringing up a lot of warmth around that subject. But also, again, it can bring up really, you know, issues about where you would like that energy in your life to be. So Saturn, though, um, represents a very different type of a feeling because Saturn in our chart it's kind of like what I call the lump of coal that we polish into a diamond. You know, salmon, uh, Saturn, salmon, Saturn in our chart uh, is like the planet, very beautiful planet to look at. Uh, obviously, it's got the rings, um, but it can rep- it really more or less represents kind of the hardships and difficulties we tend to go through when we're younger, um, where we tend to be cautious and a little bit fearful and restricted at some levels where we don't feel as confident. But, you know, why I call it the lump of coal that we polish into a diamond is because as we get older, Saturn can really become that very thing that we're best at and often is what it does. Um, So uh, it really is like polishing something bit by bit through caution and fear. We inevitably become very confident and very strong when it comes to wherever Saturn is potentially in our chart as we get older and wiser. Um, So that's the good news about it. So wherever it is natally in your chart, again, it's going to be where kind of it's been started out rocky or you feel restricted or limited. And then later on, yeah, you know, here's where you're really good, where you've got kind of a patience and a a strong kind of sense of wisdom in this particular area. So natally Saturn's been moving through Scorpio. And I've talked about this on a few other shows that I said even when this transit came around that what you'd see a lot in society and also at a personal level is, you know, Scorpio is a very karmic sign. So it means looking at um, where you have personal power and where you don't, where you may be restricted with your power and where there are repercussions for where you use your power too heavy-handedly. I'm not sure if that's a word, but we'll go with it, heavy-handedly. and also, you know, really even sometimes tapping into an awareness of where we do actually have power, um, that we may not really have been aware of it. Uh, you know, Scorpio represents, you know, that depth and that intensity that operates within us. Um, you know, the Scorpio power is all about, you know, being able to transform the animal side into something positive and, and liberating and transformative to the people around us, to transform 
the darker energy of Scorpio into something that's spiritual and beautiful and can affect people and really where we have a sense of purpose. So what we've seen, you know, when this with this transit when it's effect is, you know, I think there's always stuff going on in society where there are scandals, um, where people are getting in trouble for whether where they abuse power. You know, the Anthony Weiner scandal started during this retrograde is one of the ones that was pretty noticeable. What happens when you're sending uh, pictures of your genitalia to people on the phone while running for office at the same time. So uh, great example of that <laughs> at a personal level. Uh, but at a personal level, not personal for me, it's not really something I would do. Uh, at a more personal level, um, what you'll see is, again, it's going to cap you into where you have power. And we, you need to be a little cautious and restrictive of where you necessarily put that in this world um, and what the repercussions are for using that power. You know, I always say, you know, something I learned a long time ago, when you strike another person, you know, when you beat someone up physically, energetically, emotionally, you know, really it's like punching yourself in your, in your back because it's going to come around and hit you as well too. Um, when we're judgmental, we're too strong-willed. So I always say, you know, just because you have power doesn't necessarily mean you should use it. And hey, listen, and I always say that there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you get mad at someone, you're upset with someone in your life, and you have a fantasy about throwing them on the train tracks or, or you know, destroying them in that sense, don't, listen, you're not an evil person if you thought a bad thought or ran a fantasy in a negative way. It's the same thing with people who say, oh, you know, my husband, he looked at a beautiful woman, and he didn't cheat, but he... You know, as far as I'm concerned, the fact that he looked at another woman means he cheated at some level. No, no, he didn't. You know, to me, actions are very different from things that we think. And I like to say this to people with strong Scorpio on the chart. That darker side of you that can contemplate the negative, hey, again, nothing wrong with that. We contemplate it and then we, we release it. I mean, really think about it. It's the same type of thing as why a show like The, the Walking Dead has such a popularity to it, which is awesome, by the way, if you, if you have or have not caught it scary as hell, but really well done. Um, what people do that, you know, sometimes we play in the dark, so to speak, and, and we scare ourselves in a way. But, you know, the beauty of a television show or a roller coaster or something like that is we feel that adrenaline, we look at that dark energy, and then we, then we turn it off. Then we're done with it. It's the same thing with, again, getting angry, upset with other human beings. It's perfectly legitimate, but it's that taking of action that can cause a repercussion effect. And that's what the retrograde motion of, of Scorpio, uh, of Saturn and Scorpio is right now, a lot really looking at, at those influences of whether we use that power inappropriately. I mentioned a couple of the outer planets real quick here, and then I'm going to start taking some phone calls here because we've got a lot of people calling in. I want to get to as many as I can uh, on the last parts of our show here. So um, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, these are what we call the outer planets. Generationally, you know, they stay in signs for anywhere from seven or eight years to 15 years in the case of Pluto. Um, and, and uh, you know, the influence of the outer planets, it's more personal when we look at the house placements of our chart. So, for instance, Uranus is where we're eccentric, where we're weird, where we're odd, where we're iconoclastic, where we tend to do things our own unique way and where we're detached. Uh, so, you know, it'll stay in a sign seven, eight years. So everyone around our generation will have that kind of element of weirdness or eccentricity to them. But the house that it's in, of course, brings it home in a more direct kind of a way. 
So, yeah, for me, I have it in my house of romance, risk-taking, creativity, and play. So it's why I've always had a lot of talent creatively. Um, it's always just kind of worked for me in a way uh, where I think outside the box, so to speak, which is very much a, a Uranian attribute at some levels. Um, so it's in Aries. So, you know, it's really triggering a lot about being a leader, being unique, being different bringing that part of us to surface where we want to, you know, make it push to own our own business or do something that's more unique for us to follow our own inner dictates, to challenge the status quo of something. It gives us that kind of a strength. And, uh, you know, Neptune has been uh, in, I believe it's been in Pisces. Let me double check on that. Yeah, Neptune's in Pisces where it's at home. And Neptune in our, Neptune in our chart represents where we have our, our hopes and dreams and our ideals. Um, Neptune is the place in our chart where we see magic God, where we see possibility and potential. It's also the place in our chart where we can be delusional, where we don't see clearly, where we wear rose-colored glasses. So it's at home in Neptune. Uh, it's at home in Pisces because Pisces is its natal sign. And Pluto represents the deep transformational parts of us. And Pluto's been transiting through Capricorn. I've actually talked about this on quite a few shows, so I'm not going to go into detail about this now. Um, but Pluto's got a number of years in Capricorn. Suffice to say, if you've had a tough time finding work or building a career or feel like you've been challenged or held back a little more than normal over the last couple of years, well, you're right on track. That's pretty much a very, very strong uh, issue that can surface while Pluto transits through Capricorn. It does not make it easy. On the positive side, if you have persevered, if you've been consistent, if you've worked through a lot of your demons and your difficulties and your fears and, and overcome them and, and, again, kind of persevered toward things, you have a real potential for success at this point in the game. Um, if you've been willing to do those things, that's really what kind of Capricorn asks of us, to work hard toward our goals. Uh, yeah, I, even personally for me, I had a tough time a couple of years back during the recession. Um, you know, now business and everything couldn't be more fluid for me. Uh, but I, I had a good couple of years where it was tough. So I still see some people kind of still stuck in that, that negative side of that Pluto and Capricorn energy. But hope on the horizon, people. Don't always, you know, you're not always going to be jammed up. There's kind of a purpose to that as well, too. Okay. Um, as usual, I can go on about astrology, but we've got about another 17 minutes on today's show, so I want to start taking some of these phone calls, especially with the people that have been so patient to wait. You know, the call-in number here is 646-200-3966. You may need to dial a 1 before that. I've got to keep each phone call to about five minutes, guys. Uh, I know sometimes when I start to talk, you want to really pull out more information, um, and I love that. I know I'm easy to talk to, uh, so... Uh, uh, I love doing it, but we've got to keep it short to try to get a couple of people in today uh, for the mini-reads. Uh, you get to ask me a question. I'll pull an oracle card for you, tell you what you kind of pick up. Uh, again, I'm going to keep these down to about five minutes each just in terms of time, timing. And I've already got a few people in the docket, so I'm probably going to get to three or four of these calls today. And if you don't catch, a, uh, catch in, I will be doing another show similar to this in about two weeks, and I'll, I'll get you in on the next show. Okay, I'm going to take my first caller here. 805, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hello. Hello, what's your name? My name is Brittany. Hi, Brittany, it's your first time calling in or have you called in before? Yeah, this is my first time. I just scrolled uh, through. I actually dreamt about a snake last night, so I did thought you really? I should oh. just call. 
Yeah. And that, so there was a du- double sign to see the guy doing the snake oil radio show. All right. So uh, right. <laughs> uh, uh, let me first. Let me tell you real quick what the snake means, uh, because that's actually really significant as well. If you're dreaming about snakes, you know, in the um, in the Druid tradition and other traditions, they didn't see the snake in the same way as in Christian tradition, where it represented kind of like evil. Snake mm-hmm. often represent the idea of of power and and penetration and transformation. In fact, if you look in the medical tradition, you'll see the symbol of two entwined snakes, um, which is called Mm -hmm. a cicadus, I believe. So the Druids saw it differently. They saw it as a potential to use negative power or to shed your skin and to to transform your uh, your power to wound with the power to heal and help others through your, you know, to your savvy, through your snake power in that way. So dreaming about snakes usually means, you know, spirits suggesting that there's some type of transformation that you're getting ready to go through or that you're already going through. So uh, I'll I'll start off by saying that. So what's your question today? Mm -hmm. Um, I actually am going through transformation right now, and I'm I'm about to go into my Saturn return, and I fear. And so I'm having all this tumultuous stuff going on. Saturn's transiting my fourth house. And um, I'm learning how to move into my Aries North Node, which is really hard for me, really hard for me. (laughs) And so, but it it feels good to me, too. So what I'm asking is what I can maybe integrate or help me through this transition, because it is really hard for me. Yeah, it's a tough one. I pulled a couple of cards for you when you were talking as well, just to kind of get some validation for what's going on. And and let me give, and that's a great question, by the way, very, very intelligently uh, articulated and formed. So very, very well done, by the way, uh, very sharp. And the Saturn return, really, it can be difficult. It can be good if we come to that realization that whatever it is that we're letting go of or, or transforming will inevitably turn out good. Um, you know, you'll see this as you go into the 30s as well. So the thing that's funny about life is, like, I think we dread, oh, my God, I'm going to be 30, and then we get to 30, and then we're like, oh, shit, this is a cakewalk. You know, it's so much easier than the 20s. And then the same thing happens in the 40s. It's actually supposed to get easier. Uh, 49, believe me, uh, one of the beauties of the 40s is you just absolutely do not care what anybody thinks about you anymore, <laughs> which is a great, great <laughs> gift that to have. That sounds great. Just, <laughs> oh, I have so much attachment. In fact, actually, when really nasty people don't like me, I consider it a compliment. I don't want them to like me. <laughs> Move along. You know, I'm not interested. So uh, what I'm kind of hearing for you, and let me tell you what the cards say, the Nine of Swords comes up, absolutely, you've had a tough time. Um, it means, you know, your astrology has been testing in a lot of levels. Um, you've had some pain. You've had to really kind of, um, you know, go on faith sometimes um, that you've gotten hit, so to speak, a few times uh, along the way. Um, in fact, the Five of Wands comes up in your present, which means there's still may feel like there's a little internal or external um, antagonism that you may be experiencing. It still may not feel as smooth as you would like it to. So what I'm hearing and then what I see in the future card is what I'm kind of getting is you have a lot of savvy and a lot of smarts at, at, at a number of levels, but what the Spirit is telling me you need to get a handle on that will help you a lot is to know the areas to kind of let go of control and to kind of trust in your spirit guides and your angels that wherever they're leading you is the right place in that sense. So you're, you're developing that ability to kind of trust 
in the process and come to that realization that even the worst things will turn out to be beneficial or purposeful to you in some respects. So that's what I'm hearing is a lot of it is, is kind of the ability to know when to let go of control in that respect and know that you're being guided even if it doesn't make logical sense to you um, at times. When, what's your sun sign? When, when's your birthday? I'm a cancer. So you're cancer, June right? So, you know, the, pot, no, the, the thing that's very funny that I would say about people would say, oh, cancers are very emotional, very sensitive, and I say, yeah, very emotional, very sensitive, but not weak. Cancer is a cardinal right. sign, which means you'll inevitably not only have to take care of yourself, but probably other people in your lifetime. You'll, you'll never get around that. So that's the key, is figuring out how to use your nurturing energy in, in kind of a productive way. And what I'm kind of hearing also, too, is like, you know that biblical expression, do not cast thy pearls on swine? Yes. You know what that means? Yeah, like don't, you know, nurture and, and focus that energy in a way that's beneficial to yourself and other people, but don't throw it away. Don't give it to people that don't want it. Don't expend that energy right. that way. So that when when you gain that, there's, there's somewhere that I feel like you're you're necessarily going. I feel like there's a couple of months ahead where it's still a tad rocky, but I feel like um, by the summer and the fall, as you really get into the Saturn return pushing its way in, I feel like there's a very very strong sense of purpose that comes in, and almost like a, a just a total knowingness of what you have to do and how to get there. So I, I really like where you're coming into as this year progresses. Thank you. That really does make a lot of sense, and I know, I mean, I already know what I need to do. It's <laughs> yeah, you do. It's now it's just a trust it. And uh, another last thought is just totally forgive yourself. Any past mistakes that you perceive, forgive yourself. Let it go. Let it go. You're done with it. Yeah. You, you never made mistakes. You did things that were errors that taught you, and now you're smarter. That's all. Once you have that, it, right. it's because when we're sending out a fear vibe or self-recriminating thoughts, you know, we kind of bring, you know, assholes into our life. You know what I mean? And difficult people. Mm-hmm. Because we're sending the signal out. Oh, my so God, the signal yeah. off. <laughs> See what I mean? That's, that's the way it operates. Yeah. So, excellent. Well, uh, great talking to you. Thank you for your call, and thanks for your patience and waiting. And uh, call in again and let us know how you're doing. All right? Thank you so much. Thank you very, very you're much. Welcome. Have a Cheers. great day. All right, great call. Saturn return, that's a biggie. All right, let me see if I can get another caller in here. Uh, 678, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hello, hi. My name is Maddie. Hey, Maddie, how are you doing today? I have a little cold. Other than that, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm here. I had it last week, so hang in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't have anything in particular. I don't have a particular question because I have so many things on my mind. I just want you to pick up what you, um, whatever you find around me. Okay. Let's see what we're getting around that. I think we'll pull an angel card and see where your angel messages are for you today. I was happy um, to hear about snake thing because in the past I have dreamt about quite a few snakes. And, yeah, yeah, um, it is. It's something that I think, um, yeah, we, we get, it's scary when we have those type of images and those type of dreams. Um, okay, so here's what I'm getting around you. Your angel message card, I'll tell you what that is in a minute. I'll tell you, I pulled a couple of quick tarot cards for you to get a feel for what's happening. So the angel card that comes up is Akasha, which means your angels are kind of pushing you to be more of a spiritual teacher. Um, reminding you that you actually have a knack and a skill for knowing how to speak to others, to counsel them, to help awaken them to their unique gifts and their mission. 
Um, so you've got some savvy in that area, even though there may have been times when you weren't sure if you were always necessarily doing it correctly or you were being read right. Um, that's what they're saying. Your, your, your guys are pushing you more to be able to also use your skills, your abilities to help other people and to influence them in a positive way. So I like that. I feel like that's coming through very, very strongly. I feel like you have um, more skills than you know, and it may just also be that you were – like it feels to me a lot like there are times when you've questioned whether you've used it appropriately or correctly or whether you totally trust it. So that's going to get stronger in time. Uh, when is your, uh, when's your birthday? Uh, January the 7th. Okay. So that's really normal too, by the way, for caps. It can feel sometimes like it's – it can take longer than you might like it to to truly truly come into your own in that sense. But listen, Capricorn eventually does. Um, the other thing that I'm getting is there's you know more of a sense of success that I see coming up for you within the next two years. But you guys are saying like almost in a different way. I feel like there's a shift in your priorities in terms of what it is that you want and what it is that you value for yourself and the people around you. And a lot of that will transform in the next couple of years or so. But I still feel like you're working on something for the next couple of years. And again, I think it's really a lot about coming into your own in terms of your unique purpose, your life task, and those things. And what your guys are saying to me is it's okay to understand that sometimes your pace is a little bit tortoise-like, but you totally get there and you will have a longevity to your life that you can't even fully grasp yet in that sense, in terms of what you're able to do and what you know. So there's a little bit of a tortoise feel I'm getting here in some respects. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that there's more, it's a true love in what it is that you want to do. Does that make oh, any sense fantastic. to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Really purposeful. Because the universe card comes up reverse next, which means partial success. It means you're kind of there, but there's still that feeling like, yeah, I'm not really where I want to be completely yet. Well, the ice is on the cake. The icing on the cake, figure speech. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's coming. They just really say that. But it's more, I'm hearing again, more about trusting your own kind of knowingness and your own wisdom. And, and don't worry about the mistakes from before. Because sometimes people read you wrong. And, but you're, you're older, you're wiser, and you're more savvy with how you do that. And that will actually increase as, uh, in the next uh, two years or so. Okay? Okay. I love it. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much yeah. for, thank, for calling thank you in. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Awesome. Thank you, Maddie. Uh, uh-huh. Thank, thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Let me put her on hold here. Oop. Okay. I hope I didn't just hang up on someone, did I? Hello? Oh, no. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Hi what's this your is name? Tara. Uh, Tara. Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. I'm good, no problem. I think I actually hung up on someone. See, Mercury Retrograde, it's best I'm being retarded on my, uh, I don't say that in any type of uh, negative way. I mean, just being stupid here. Um, anyway, I think I hung up on my apologies, whoever I did that to. Okay, uh, dumb. Okay, tell me, uh, so it's Pam, right? Uh, Tara. All right, Tara? Yeah. Okay, I don't know where yeah. I got that from. See, dingy. Tell me what your question is. Um, the Mercury retrograde, uh-huh. um, it's going retrograde in my fifth house. Uh, what is that going to cause? Just Okay. Give Great me question. Some clarity you know where your retrograde is. It's in your fifth house, absolutely. You know, fifth house, remember, fifth house is romance, risk-taking, play, creativity. You know, think of the fifth house as the house of adrenaline. 
So what, what it kind of does is it gets us to look at where we want to take risk. You know, like every time you do something creative, at some level you're taking a risk. If you have children, you're taking a risk. Every time you tell a funny story, you're taking a risk. Anytime you do anything creative, anytime you flirt romantically, you take a risk. So the fifth house is going to bring really bring us back. You know, if Mercury's retrograde through your fifth, it's going to bring you back into looking at how you um, how you use your creativity, how you use your flirt energy, how you use your adrenaline. And a lot of times, the retrograde motion may make you really start thinking about where you may have had talents and abilities that you might have put down or, you know, put to the side and bringing them back to look at them again. So it's going to make you kind of back and forth at some levels about looking at where you want to expand and use your creative energy. So do you have planets in your fifth house natally also? Um, yes, I have a, a, a Jupiter in Aquarius. Jupiter in your fifth, okay. The Jupiter, yeah, yes. the Jupiter in your fifth is really going to, so that's going to make you really very, very talented creatively and truly an optimistic and that's a, I had a friend years ago that a Jupiter in the fifth house who was an artist and very creative and he, you know, he had the capacity to really make people like him in a lot of ways. He, uh, but I yeah. always think he was always searching for the perfect love. Like there was, that's I don't know if there was I ever such like a thing. Always, there I'm was ever such a thing as the perfect love when Jupiter's there. So you know what the trick is that you got to kind of figure out is you have to realize that I'm you so don't picky. actually have to. What's that? I said I'm so picky. But, yeah, what you got to kind of figure out is there's really no such thing as a perfect love. It's you know you find someone that you're compatible with and that you like and that's inspiring to you, and then you realize that you need to affect a lot of people in your life in a positive way. So it means that you'll get some of those other things from other people. You know, not necessarily sex and romance, but usually it means you do need a wide circle of kind of positive people around. But, yeah, that's what the retrograde is going to do for you. It's going to really bring up that pull and that push for you to really get back in touch with your true creative energies. And absolutely, like you're saying, it's going to make you a little bit more nitpicking about it as well, too. But at the same time, don't be surprised if you kind of start remembering really abilities, talents, and areas where you had hope and optimism and, and really where you can increase your, your creative energy in a more positive way. Because what will happen is it will push its way into the sixth in the next month or so, and then you'll have the practical interest in doing the work necessary that was generated now. Okay? Okay. All right. That was helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great. Thank you for calling in. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to put her on hold as well, too. My apologies to the person I hung up on. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to get to you anyway today. So call back uh, next show, which will be in two weeks, and uh, and uh, I will get you on first since I hung up on you. So my apologies. The whole scheduling thing is all screwed up. The timing, I'm not even sure if I'm streaming anymore. <laughs> so anyway, you know, thank you for all the calls today. Um, you know, you can often see some correlated themes with similar callers, so I always appreciate that. Very positive uh, influence to stay with our callers. Awesome. Great talking to you guys. Okay, I'm going to take off next week, but I'll be back again the following week. I'm not sure what kind of show I'm going to do, but I'm going to make sure I take some more calls uh, on the next uh, week's show. Always remember the show, when I do my uh, beginning of the month show, I read my column and I talk about the column, so I typically don't take callers on the first show, but astrology shows, I always take callers, and any other shows I do, I'll take callers as well. I uh, love doing that. So thank you, everyone, for joining me today here on Snake All Radio. Again, hit me up on VenturaSag at Yahoo.com to get the monthly newsletter. 
Uh, no sales involved in it. It's just great information. And um, and if you want information on a personal session, uh, contact me at uh, jimventura.com. Have a great day. We'll catch up with you next time. Cheers.